0: If we think, just for a moment, about what happens when we talk to each other. Sometimes we ask people to repeat what they've said to us. I know that's something that I find myself doing quite a lot. I mishear something, or I don't quite get what someone said, and so I ask them to repeat it. I think to myself, if they've taken the trouble to say something to me, and I want to hear and understand what they've said. And sometimes we repeat what we've said to someone else, either because they, they ask us to or because we're not sure that they've heard us. Perhaps there's a lot of noise or other people talking at the same time. And then we might get the impression that what we were trying to say hasn't been heard properly. And sometimes we might repeat what we say just because it's really important that the other person has got the message, whatever the message is. Or if we don't want someone to forget something, we might repeat it. Or if something matters a lot to us, then we might say the same thing to someone several times. And Peter, the fisherman who spent three years with Jesus, who heard Jesus say all kinds of things, who saw Jesus do many miracles. Peter, who spoke many times himself to crowds of people about Jesus. The same Peter wrote two of the letters that we have in the Bible towards the end of the New Testament. And he knew all about repetition, Right at the end, just before Jesus was arrested, just before Jesus was taken to be crucified, Peter expressed his commitment to Jesus by saying, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And then in the space of one evening, he denied ever knowing Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times. And after Jesus was raised from the dead, he took Peter aside and he asked him the same question three times. Jesus repeated the same question three times. Do you love me? And three times Peter replied, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. So repetition is something that Peter was very familiar with. He would never forget the three times he denied Jesus or the three times Jesus asked Peter if he loved him. And when we read Peter's letters, and I want to encourage us all to read Peter's two letters when we have a quiet moment later on today, perhaps. When we read Peter's letters, it's not surprising that he writes about wanting to remind us of things that we've already heard, things that he's already told us. Peter says to his readers, I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them. And Peter says that he's written both of his letters as reminders. These are Peter's words to us. This is what he says. I want you to recall the words spoken spoken to us in the past by the holy prophets, and the command given by our Lord and Saviour through your apostles. And again, he writes, I will make every effort to see that you will always be able to remember these things. So what do you think might be the command that was given by our Lord and Saviour that Peter wants us to remember so much? Throw it open. Any ideas? What command of Jesus might Peter have wanted us to remember and never forget? Any suggestions? Brilliant. Exactly. To love one another, to love each other. And that's exactly what we find in Peter's first letter. It's just a short letter, but we find the same instruction repeated four times. And so that we can see where we find these instructions, let's turn to the beginning of his first letter. So 1 Peter, chapter 1. It's on page 1,217 in the Church Bibles. And let me read it for us. 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 22. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth... So that you have sincere love for each other. Love one another deeply from the heart. And then if you want to turn to chapter 2 and verse 17, just over the page. There we find Peter writes the following. So chapter 2 verse 17. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. And the third time we find the same instruction is in chapter 3, verse 8. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. And then the last time Peter repeats the same instruction as in chapter 4 and verse 8. And this is the verse that we're going to focus on for just a short time this morning. So 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. So there we have it, four times in one short letter. Peter repeats the same instruction, to love one another And as we spent the last few months following this same series, week after week, all about learning to love, we started, if you remember, before Easter on uh, Palm Sunday. And we've kept going all the way through April and May to get to today, our last morning where we're looking at this topic. So 10 weeks of learning to love. And we've done that because love is so important, it's right at the heart of everything that Jesus taught. Everything that Jesus did. It's the central message of this book, the Bible. God loves us and we ought to love each other. And we know that love is written about in books and in songs and letters and poems and plays and films more than any other subject, I think. Love is what makes life worth living. And love is also what people are most likely to lay their lives down for. That's how important love is. That's how much love matters. So having said that, what can we learn from what Peter says here? If we look carefully at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, we can see that there are three parts to this verse. At the heart of the verse, or at the centre of the verse there's the instruction to love one another deeply. And this instruction tells us who to love and how to love. We're told to love each other. So we look around and we see each other and we're to love one another. And how we're to love is deeply or intensely or continuously That's the way God wants us to love. The opposite of deep is superficial. And Peter doesn't want us to love each other superficially or artificially. We've been loved deeply ourselves, each one of us. We are loved deeply because Jesus died for us. There's no question about that. Jesus laid down his life for each and every one of us. His perfect life of love and compassion. Jesus gave up, not for someone else, but for us. Jesus suffered and died. And the cross tells us that we are loved very much. Jesus paid an enormous price for us. He did it out of love. And the only reason that love exists in the world is because God is love. And he's made us to give and to receive love. He's made us to experience love and to show love. So that's at the heart of this verse. And as we've seen, it's at the heart of this letter, four times the same instruction. And it's at the heart of this whole book. We're told to love each other deeply because God loves us. Uh, but that's not the only thing that Peter tells us in this verse. Love each other is just one instruction out of hundreds of instructions that we find in the Bible. Peter himself gives his readers dozens of instructions in, in just a few chapters in a short letter. But it's this instruction to love each other that he repeats four times and at the beginning of the verse he says above all love each other deeply above all more than anything else love each other deeply and these two words above all tell us where to place this instruction compared to all the other instructions that peter gives us in his letters So above all, more than anything else, most importantly, love each other deeply. So if we ever find ourselves wondering what we should do in a situation, what God wants us to do in any situation, any time, we can have confidence that to love each other deeply takes precedence over everything else. Because Peter writes... Above all, love one another deeply. And in a sense, it doesn't depend on on who it is or what they've done. The thing that we're to do above all else is to love one another deeply. Now, sometimes that will be easier than others. Sometimes it will seem impossible, perhaps because of the circumstances or our situation. But that brings us to the third part of this verse, 1 Peter 4, verse 8. So not only does Peter repeat this instruction, not only does Peter tell us where to place this instruction, the priority that loving each other deeply has, he also gives us the incentive that lies behind this instruction. So if you like, Peter explains why it's important to love each other deeply. And what loving one another deeply achieves. And it's this. Peter says that above all, we should love one another deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Now when we hear the word sins, what what do we think of? Sins are... The things that damage us and damage other people, sins are our failings. Sins are the things that we do in spite of our best intentions. Sins are often selfish. The things we do when we place our own wants or needs or desires above the needs of other people. Sins are what we do wrong in our own eyes as well as in the eyes of God. And we could make a list of our most common sins, but I wonder if that list would be the same list as someone else who knows us well would compile for us. I might think that my biggest sin is untidiness. Whereas the person closest to me might say that it's unkindness. So what does God see? on the list of our sins. What's God's perspective on this? Perhaps God sees greed or lies and dishonesty or self-centeredness. Those are the things that came to mind when I was thinking for myself. And sin is the source of unhappiness both for ourselves and for everyone else. My sin has the power not only to impact my life, but also the lives of people around me. And my sin has the power even to impact the life of someone who I've never met, someone who lives on the other side of the planet. And this isn't good news. And to be honest, the solution that the world offers for sin, if it offers a solution at all, is no No kind of solution, really. The world tells me to ignore my sins, to minimise my sins, in the sense of just playing down their importance. After all, everyone sins. It's a universal condition. I'm no worse than anyone else, is what I can often sometimes tell myself to justify my behaviour. Or I say... I just can't help it. Better to hide our failings if we can, rather than owning up to them. That's what the world tells us to do. That's what we can so easily tell ourselves to do. But that's not the way that God sees things. And that's not the way God wants us to respond. It's love that covers a multitude of sins. The love that God demonstrated by sending Jesus to us giving us jesus is a greater love than anything else in the world so how do we know if our sins and our shortcomings have been covered over how do we know if our sin has been paid for how do we know that we're forgiven But at the end of chapter 2 of this letter, Peter tells us about Jesus. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. This is chapter 2, verse 24. So that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So I want to say, if anyone here this morning is in any doubt about whether you've been forgiven or not, then please come and talk to to Louise or myself or someone else. Because we can know God's forgiveness. And when Peter says that love covers a multitude of sins, he's also talking about something that we've probably experienced ourselves already. When we fall in love with someone, we just don't notice the things that they do, which in other circumstances might be annoying or problematic. Or if we have children... Their behavior is obviously not perfect, but we find ourselves overlooking certain things that they do because they are our children and we love them. So perhaps contained within what Peter is writing is the sense that if we love one another deeply, then we will seek to overlook things that other people do rather than being quick to point the finger and say... Well, you did that wrong, or you did that, and that hurt me, or whatever it might be. Loving deeply, loving each other deeply, because love overcomes, uh, covers over a multitude of sins, has to do with, with not wanting to make a big deal out of things that don't need to be made a big deal out of. Now, that's important to say that covering over sin is not the same as covering up sin. Many churches, as well as lots of other groups and organizations, have ended up in a lot of trouble because of covering up sin. And that's not what we're talking about this morning. There are some things that are wrong, that we need to go to the police or other authorities about. But the kind of sins that can be covered over by love are ones like, I think of a friend of mine in Strasbourg when when we were living over there, and we'd arranged to meet up quite regularly, and more often than not, he just wouldn't turn up. He would either forget or he'd have something else on and i'd go to where we'd arrange to meet and he just wouldn't be there and that's the kind of thing that could easily have been really frustrating and really got to me but the truth is i loved this person he was a he was a good friend he had fantastic qualities timekeeping wasn't one of them but but I think that's what Peter is saying. There are, th- there are sins that can be covered over because of love. And we can imagine, can't we, <clears throat> what happens if we don't do that in a church. We can imagine the situation in a church or in a family or perhaps at work where there are things that, that niggle us or frustrate us. Or are a problem, but they never get, they never have love applied to them. So I guess that's simply what I'm wanting to say this morning. Above all, let's love one another deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. That is the power of love demonstrated. By God, through Jesus, we all benefit from that. We, are, we, we can stand forgiven because of what Jesus has done for us. And we're called then to live this life of love. This is what we've been learning about these past 10 weeks. We've not finished learning. I know that. I'm sure you know that. And we're going to, in the weeks ahead, look at love in action through the book of Ruth. And that's going to be an exciting journey as well. But I would encourage you, read This letter, both 1 Peter and 2 Peter, doesn't take long, 15-20 minutes if you have time. And just see how, how love works. We've experienced it, we know it. I just want to encourage us, let's keep on learning to love. Let's keep loving each other deeply. Remembering that love covers over a multitude of sins.